0: you're much more likely to find that if you're sharing regularly over a podcast channel, over an audio channel, people will feel the kind of sense of connection with you where they're more likely to talk back to you. And that's so powerful.
1: Hello. Welcome to episode three in our season, Why Podcasting is Perfect for Leaders. Time to meet an old friend. I'm delighted to welcome back to the show today, Debbie West. Debbie is a highly experienced professional communicator, a specialist in internal communications and a longtime advocate of the use of podcasting for communications. So welcome back, Debbie.
0: Thank you very much. It's such a delight to be back and what a lovely introduction. Thank you.
1: Oh, well, you're very, you're very welcome. Now, it is uh, a few years since we last spoke uh, on the podcast, 2019, and you've you've changed a bit. I think when I spoke to you, you were independent and I know you've had a couple of changes but why don't you tell us where you are now and 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 what you do because I think you're with what's the name of the company Odair?
0: Yeah I work with the team at Odair um, and in largely in podcast production and the brilliant thing about it is um, Odair is is quite a team of experienced audio and video content marketing specialists so there was a really great alignment between what I was doing and what the team were already very well established um, as doing so uh, their focus has been on creating. to be podcasts and they work with some impressive global brands which was a big pull for me um, partly for their own channel and then partly working in partnership with them to create branded podcasts. And I've been able to bring that kind of extra expertise in terms of an internal communications focus into the team. So it's kind of completed the circle in a way for them. So they now have you know that great range of external marketing and internal communications to sort of add to the portfolio. So, um, yeah, it's been I've only been there a couple of months, um, but it's been brilliant already. It feels like, you know, we've got quite a lot done in a very short time, just kind of putting that partnership together um, and connecting. So, yeah, it's been been good.
1: Congratulations on on landing that. It sounds like it's tailor made for you. Actually, I think if I'd written a job description to fit Debbie West, I couldn't have written it better. By the sounds of it. So, um, all right. So I said at the beginning, long term advocate. You've clearly just uh, communicated there your passion uh, for podcasting. Um, this season is all about trying to promote podcasting as a leadership communication tool. So mm-hmm. let's go straight to it. I mean, I know that you believe that that is true. But why? What is it about podcasting that that really gets you excited as a communicator?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, so podcasting isn't the only communication channel I'd say that people need, you know, in any any um, form of communication, be that internal or external. But it's such a powerful channel. And I think the unique power of audio is something that's not quite fully appreciated yet and that's why I'm such a sort of keen advocate for it. So it's got lots of advantages, I guess. You know, one of the great things about it, and one of the reasons it's grown so much recently is its portability. So it's a it's a great way for people to connect with information, absorb data, you know, listen to somebody's story while they're doing something else. And that very simple thing is something that's so powerful about audio. I know from my own experience that the majority of podcasts I listen to that I'm not working on or just listening to I'm listening to while I'm doing chores or while I'm you know painting the kitchen ceiling or walking the dogs or all of those things that I used to find a bit tedious and kind of you know time sucky things that I didn't really want to do and now great opportunities for me to catch up with podcast episodes I've been looking forward to listening to so it's really kind of you know unlocked the productivity of that time and I think that's why a lot of people get really into podcast listening. But also as a communicator, what it gives you is um, a kind of unique relationship with the people you're communicating with. So most people, the vast majority of people listen to a podcast alone, um, typically through a headset. So the, the the voice of the person they're listening to is literally right inside their head. <laughs> so they get that real sense of one to one connection. And that's why podcast hosts become such great influencers, because they have that real Um, almost like a friendship connection with the the listeners who listen to them most often. And I think, you know, it's no coincidence that a lot of marketing money has been put into the podcast industry over the last few years. Um, And I know there's a lot of data that suggests uh, things like adverts read by a host are listened to and responded to in a much greater proportion than adverts in other forms of media, for example. So, you know, not that I'm saying that podcasting should be a purely commercial channel i'm not but it's just a piece of data that gives us some insight into why it's such a powerful form of communication
1: mm. Mm. yeah i mean i i agree entirely with you on that i think and i think that's 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 the two parts of the power of podcasting as you put mm. it usually there the portability and the uh the, the unique way in which it connects with people um i, I mean i you know I've, I've i've talked a lot so far with people about the depth so that you can go into I I just think pure audio lends itself to unpacking ideas and going into depth Um, and then the other thing of course which I know you've you used a a great deal is it's perfect for stories
0: oh absolutely yeah and I think there's so much more um, you can get out of listening to somebody's tone of voice than you can get out of reading the written word and I know you know that's I think one of the reasons why they're such a great medium for stories is that you can hear the authenticity in someone's voice and you can hear and tell when someone's speaking from experience versus when somebody's reading a script quite often or, you know, reading something that's been prepared for them. So that sense that you're listening to somebody honestly telling you how things are for them or how they feel about mm. something, or you know, their, their genuine advice um, that you can take for yourself. I think those things are, are really powerful too. And I remember reading some research a while ago about what happens in your brain when you're listening audio as opposed to watching something on a video and it's about that idea that you're creating the picture yourself inside your own head so Mm. it's it it will help you to remember that information because it's a little bit more active in terms of what's going on inside your own brain when you're listening versus you know when it's all laid out before you in in a video or other form of sort of content so yeah it is it's a great it's a great medium for storytelling and I think you know organizationally it's often easier to get somebody in your company who's maybe shy um, to agree to recording audio than to recording video. so that's certainly been my experience you know there are a lot of people who are camera shy who don't particularly want to appear on camera but if you offer them you know just a microphone and an audio interview they're a little bit more warm to that so it can mm. sometimes overcome that shyness um, mm. you know that uh, is particularly important if you're talking about emotive, topics you know the type of topic where you want individual stories rather than corporate narratives say
1: Mm. you know i think that i think i've noticed that this is based purely on my own perception so it's a theory more than anything but i do wonder if the pandemic has helped a bit as well because people you know it forced everybody to spend so much more time on on video conferencing and so forth sitting in front of their computers and of course, we say put them in front of a microphone, but actually most of the people I speak to, the microphone they use is in their computer. So they're probably not even consciously aware that they are talking to a microphone. They're talking in the same way that they always do. And, um, and I do think people have got more used to that. So it takes a bit less time to, to get them accustomed. I agree with you entirely. It was always easier with just pure audio to get people relaxed and get them chatting as they would to you if you, if you were having a coffee. But I do wonder if you see it's improved even more.
0: Oh, yeah, that might be the case. I and mean, certainly, you know, I, I make a lot of re- remote recordings now um, mm. in my role. And people, it's much more common to see somebody with a USB microphone now than it was four years ago. So I think, mm. you know, a lot, a lot more people have kind of geared up their houses as yeah. home offices with, you know, audio and, and sometimes video capability. Because you're right, they're used to being uh, on screen or connected virtually all the time
1: now yeah yeah people are people are getting more more audio savvy although Mm. i still wish i could force some of my uh interviewees out of their kitchen Uh, (laughs) i do see a lot of people's bedrooms which is great because of course that's a great environment but there's still the odd one There was one i had a while ago and uh oh dear it sounded like he was in a biscuit tin you know you know the kind of, of thing um Let's face it then, you've mentioned the V word, so let's tackle it. When you and I spoke back in 2019, and, and for a long time even before then, uh, I mean, podcasting, audio only podcasting was the poor relation of video. Do you think that's changed?
0: Um, Has that changed? I I think they've just they've kind of found niches. And, you know, that that thing that I mentioned earlier about a lot of marketing um, resources have been put into podcasting since we had that conversation, I would say. So um, certainly the power of podcasting has been established and, you know, to some extent is, has grown commercially. I still think from my experience of working in-house, people are more inclined to make a quick video than they are to set up a podcast. So um, you certainly leader a bites, that sort of thing, still tend to be that it's recorded even on an iPhone or whatever it takes, but just somehow a video is recorded and that's uploaded to a SharePoint or whatever mechanism is used mm. internally. And certainly externally, I know there was a headline I clicked on last week that said um, the younger generation, if you ask them what a podcast is, they're more likely to associate that word with video content than they Mm. are with audio-only content. So certainly the concept of a podcast as a video is becoming much more common. And and I think Mm. that trajectory is going to increase as the platforms encourage that. So now obviously Spotify enables you to upload a video version Mm. of your podcast. Um, And YouTube, as you know, is, is one of the key tools for podcasters now. It's a huge platform for people finding podcasts. So you can't ignore the rise of video and the role of video um, I think you know audio and video they're different for me and i and I feel differently about them but certainly you know professionally it's much 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 more common now for people to expect a video version of the podcast than before so of course we're happy to do that um, and I think what seems to work very well for the reach of podcasts is to make video clips of them and I've kind of heard anecdotally people saying they still like listening to the podcast and they still like all of those advantages of you know listening to the podcast while they do something else or while they're away from their desk but they do like to see who they're listening to so they really appreciate just having even if it's a still image with an audiogram of the guest if you can't get any video, but that just little 60, 90 second video clip of somebody speaking, I think gives them a sense of who that person is and helps them to picture that person when they're listening. So yeah, I think that the kind of interplay between audio and video has become much more complex over that sort of four, five year period.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's a brilliant summary. Thank you. Yeah, you've definitely caught us up from, from 2019 with that. I mean, I think for me, I, I I've got to admit, you know, I've got to got to face up to the fact that I'm 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 a bit, I'm a bit stubborn. I'm a bit reluctant. You know, one of the huge advantages I always saw with with audio was the editing, mm. because you know you and I both know that we can record for an hour, and then edit it down to half an hour, and we can make it sound as though that was seamless half an hour. And, you know, that's just neat editing and audio lends itself to that, particularly if you're you're a skilled editor. And video, it's much more difficult to do that. You can do it, but you tend to have to have at least two cameras to do it, which pushes up the expense. And you have you do have that many more reshoots if you're doing video, because I know that from doing it myself. So I like the idea that you just have the audio. Now, Okay. The look at something thing. I remember when I st- first started out in podcasting um, in uh, 2010, going back a while now, <laughs> and we launched it uh, within. I worked for AstraZeneca at the time. and We launched it internally. And we got a lot of very positive feedback, but we also got mixed in with it, particularly from Sweden for some reason. I don't know. They said, I love the podcast, love listening to it, but I really need something to look at while I'm, listening and that was because people then were listening at their desks mm. because the only way to distribute it was on the intranet um, people weren't listening on phones and so forth so it's a bit weird sitting in front of your computer and you know there's nothing else plus there's the risk that you could get distracted by other things that pop up so we did add some some video. I mean, the video was largely um, a, a sort of largely still image with a picture of the AZ logo rotating gently round with uh, still photos. But that worked. That, that answered that question. And that makes it very similar to what you do see now. Sometimes I think the rest is politics. Their video version is just a picture of um, Rory Stewart and, and uh, Alistair Campbell, either side of an audiogram. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think what you you just said earlier is that's what the market wants. So you better listen, <laughs> because if if you st- if you know if I dig my heels and say no, I'm do a video, then I'm, I'm I'm lagging behind the times. But yeah, it is yeah. what it is.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, and it's interesting to observe it, um, and also realize that you're playing a part in it. Yeah, and I and I totally agree with you. I think uh, you can much more successfully edit audio down to what you need it to be than you can with video it's much harder to edit a video down and cut you know so we i know myself we cut out a lot of ums and ahs and fillers from audio Mm. where we'd leave them in the video because it just makes the video too clunky to have all of that edited out and also when you see somebody you do your focus shifts a little bit away from what they're saying to you know what they're doing and how they're gesturing and that sort of thing and and in a way that kind of points you back ironically to the power of audio you know, when you're not distracted by what they're doing and how they're dressed and all of that, you're really listening to what they're saying a lot more. So, you know, that is a, a kind of argument in favor, in a way, of of how audio takes you deeper into what's being said. So
1: completely, I, I, absolutely, I think you know you make you make a really strong point, and I agree, agree entirely. I mean, I, I used to, and I still sometimes do, refer to that as signal to noise. Mm. You know, the signal in, in many of these situations is what the person is saying. And the noise could be that their body language looks a bit awkward, probably not because they don't don't believe in what they're saying, but they're a bit uncomfortable in front of the camera or the room temperature is a bit odd or what's that going past the window. Yeah. So the signal to to noise thing is, uh, is, is important. Now you said a word earlier, which I do want to come back to, which I think I personally think is very important. and And I'm trying to get across to leaders and you referred to video and audio having their separate niches. And I think that's really true. And, and what I hope for as we move forward is that people, particularly communication professionals, will understand that there are certain applications, certain object communication objectives, where maybe audio does add that bit extra. And so that's why you would choose that. And then there are others where it's not the right thing uh, necessarily. And maybe there are other other ways that you could do that. And I, And certainly with clients, I have said in the past, I don't think you should do a podcast. I think you should do this and then do a podcast later. But it, you're nodding as I'm saying that. So uh, it, it, to you, what are those, those specific areas? What would you be looking for in, in, when someone's talking about what they communicate to say, ah, perfect for podcasting?
0: Yeah, I think it's it's complicated and it's a balance of you know what you want to achieve, why you're communicating in the first place um, and what you're best at. Uh, you know, so some people are, are gifted at making video content and some people aren't and that's okay, you know, so what are you trying to get across and, and what's best for you but more importantly who are you trying to reach and why and how do you want them to feel about what they're listening to or watching when they receive that and how are they more likely to get that and, you know, so it's that kind of consideration of of, of who you're reaching and, and what with um, and, you know, there are some Podcast series that are, you know, deeply popular and they're terribly long episodes. They're three hour episodes. You know, it's hard to imagine, like, you know, I you might go and see a blockbuster movie that's three hours, but you're unlikely to do that very often. Although you may listen to a three-hour podcast episode every week because you can kind of wiggle that into, you know, your mm-hmm. lifestyle and, and the other things that you're trying to do. So there's a lot, lots of things to consider. And, you know, all of those things that we talked about in terms of what are the distinct advantages of audio versus what are the advantages of video, uh, all of the considerations that you you know, bear in mind as a professional, when you're consulting with somebody, when that actually meets the point where you're looking at that actual piece of work and the context of that piece of work. So, you know, who's communicating? What's the message? What's their context? Who are they communicating with? What? How do they want those people to feel? What do they want them to do with that? And what's the context that they're likely to be receiving that communication in? And then you figure out what's the best. And and quite often it's a blend. I I honestly think that, you know, having, you know, if if you have no video content at all, I still think audiograms are powerful for podcasts because it's hard to get people's attention with audio. And I think that's why the role of video has increased. It's easier to get people's attention with video by the nature of what they do. So if they're scrolling on a phone, scrolling through social media, or if they're at their desk looking at their SharePoint, they're more likely to connect with a picture of something Mm. than they are to realize that there's an audio file because it'll likely be a line of text. So Mm. it's just that point of attention, just get people's attention and then give them the choice in terms of how they get deeper into that subject. So if you think for that subject, it's best that it's audio content, give them something to see so they know it's there and then a Mm. link so they can reach the audio.
1: You're right. And it doesn't, it's funny, actually, it doesn't take that much in terms of imagery to, to you know, hook someone in. I, I mean, in the early days, I remember with Talking Leaders, I didn't feature photographs of those who were speaking, largely because it was me and uh, my associate, Kurt. So, you know, we've been the same guys every time. And I thought, well, who wants to look at us? Well, it turns out people do, because once I started putting pictures on, I, I did get, it wasn't it wasn't as flood, but I did get a trickle of, of feedback. Of, oh, really like the fact that you put the photo on. So it, it it does it does impact with people. All right, so we've we've got this leader and they're thinking that they might want to have a go then for this, that what they want to achieve, uh, podcasting would be the right channel. I mean, what's your advice then on, well, how do you do it? Do you say, you know, d- just speak into your iPhone and put it on the internet or <laughs> what's your process?
0: Um, well, I guess... It- You can speak into your iPhone, although I would strongly recommend you invest in a microphone that plugs into it first. So what's our process? I think um, sound quality is important to us as obviously professional podcasters. Um, And I've had this conversation with lots of people over the years and sort of said, you know, if it's somebody... If it's somebody so important and so impactful and you've got one shot of recording their voice and it's not great sound quality, do you know what? People will probably forgive you because of the impact and the profile of that person. But for the majority of us, let's be honest, the vast majority of us, if you've got poor sound quality, that's a form of friction. And if you've got friction in any form of communication, as you know, people will get bored and drop off because they won't want to have to try to listen to your voice over the background noise or the chatter or whatever. I mean, that being said, I think some contextual noise is actually sometimes quite nice. I quite like to listen to things that have been recorded in, say, a, you know, a social space where there's a little, you know, kind of subtle hum of society going on in the background because you kind of feel connected to that space as well. But yeah, certainly um, audio quality is is still really important. And it's so easy to get, like we said earlier, so many people now are used to having a USB mic or a little mic with a lightning connection that plugs into their phone or, you know, whatever it takes. So, so yeah, it's easy. It's easy to do that. And the sound quality is, is so important because there's not much you can do to fix that afterwards. And and you'll know that you can engineer to some extent, but you and I both know when something's been over-engineered because you can hear that in the sound too. So have to be careful about how much kind of post-production can do to fix things. So that's important, but also so is editing so I think, you know, with all forms of communication, you know, be respectful of the time of the person who's uh, listening to that or taking in that piece of community. Be respectful of their time. If there's stuff in there that they really don't need and it's like vanity stuff for you or it's just stuff you haven't bothered to clip out or whatever, just invest the time in, in doing that just to be respectful um, of, of the people who are who are listening and again that's a kind of form of friction if there are missed starts and things that you could easily have edited out just just take the time to edit them out
1: yeah I have to say I do find it uh, maybe I'm just being, in, being an old curmudgeon but I do find it irritating you've still got people saying oh we don't edit because we like the rawness of it and, and and I'm afraid I just think no you mean you're just lazy it's raw <laughs> it, it's used as an excuse so many times raw uh, there is such a thing as that but uh, yeah you were saying about the length. I mean, I, I, I really a big fan of Andrew Huberman. The Huberman podcast. I Don't know if you know him, but he's a medic. And yeah, he's his podcasts are regularly now four hours, and yeah, okay. When I'm bri- driving up to see my my daughter in Manchester, that's just about as long as it takes. But what about the content itself? Then, I mean, what what what, what sort of thought processes should people go through? How should they think about? Uh, the content for podcasting is it any different to developing it for any form of communication or the same thing same process
0: yeah I think it is and I think all of the conversation we've had about what are the advantages of audio should go into helping you make a decision about what's the right content to, to put on an audio channel so you know really think about again not just who you are and what message you're trying to get across, but who's absorbing that message and and what they're likely to do with it, you know, based on the channel that you're communicating it in. And, you know, as as we've talked about, audio is great for conveying emotion, conveying real meaning, sharing stories. So if that's what you're trying to do, then, you know, podcasting is probably great for you. If you're, if you're sharing data or information you'd expect somebody to write down, might not be your best channel because they might want to see that written down. Or if you're sharing task-level information, for example, that's likely to be so transient, it possibly isn't worth you making a podcast out of that. You may as well just email it. Now, so we still know statistically that people rely on email, despite what everybody says about it. They rely on email at work for kind of task-level information. So you might not want to, you know, use a podcast for that, but there, in certain niche circumstances, you may. So if if your workforce are all people who drive lorries, you know, it may be that task information is much more accessible to them as audio than it is as an email or any other form of information because they don't have desks or screens or you know so being able to play something and listen to it in the cab of a lorry might actually be a great way to get them task information so you know it's it it's so dependent on context as well as you know what are the advantages of audio to the people who are receiving that information that you know it's hard to be too general but you know, as I said, we had that conversation earlier about the real, the real joy and benefits of audio. And you know, if if you've got a range of of choices, use audio for the things where it fits the best, basically, I'd say. Mm-hmm.
1: And you talked earlier about the host and and the you know the value that that a good host can offer. So say we've got a leader, then I think, okay, well I've got that. I, I realise that's the approach we should take. Do they need a host? Should they get a get a professional host in? Should they should they host it themselves? What's what's what would your advice be?
0: Yeah, again, it depends on the kind of skill of the, of the person that who maybe is hoping to host. But I've certainly heard other people say that their podcasts have succeeded uh, or become much more successful when their host has been a bit more charismatic or a bit more empathetic. Or so I think you have to think carefully about that and you, you might not want to have a consistent host for every podcast because you might have more of a kind of you know magazine approach to a podcast series where you, you get different people involved but certainly that the classic model is to have one anchor host to even just maybe tops and tails every episode so you've got that consistent voice and you, you, I think you do need to choose choose that person wisely and as I say choose them for empathy for a sense that they are warmly welcoming people to your podcast um, if you want people to feel warmly welcomed you know maybe you don't maybe you've got some kind of maverick idea for for what will make a, a podcast a success but but really think about the emotional tone that that person's setting and then what their role is as the host. So you know are they on a journey of learning in which case it's okay for them not to be knowledgeable or are they the host because they're very knowledgeable about this topic in which case, you know it's important that they are so so what position are you are you putting the host in or does the host want to be in and therefore are they the right person for that you know in terms of mm. how they come across but also you know what their knowledge level or their approach to that topic is so mm. you know, a few few things to consider i think
1: yeah i mean I, I, that, great points and absolutely spot on and, and i think another thing that that helps is if someone's thinking of doing a podcast and it's going to be a, a sort of consistent you know long-running thing I think having somebody who who is happy to be the host and and and, uh, and and you know produce it as well, maybe 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 they do it on their own or they have someone along with them. That also helps a lot for the the leaders who are wanting to communicate because they don't then have to worry about the presentation because there there is skill in hosting. That mm. Absolutely, is There's some you know you can see that some are, some are much better than others. And I, and I think to make this as effective as possible and and as efficient as possible. Leaders should really just be able to feel they can turn up and start talking about their subject area. You, you know, you don't you don't need leaders to become experts in podcasting to use podcasting, do you?
0: No, agreed, agreed. And certainly, if you can get an expert to help you with those aspects of things, then you can just focus on the communication side of it, which you know
1: really helps a lot. Mm-hmm. And of course, you don't have to employ pros like us i mean obviously we're happy if you do but uh, i mean there are lots of examples of of people who where you've got an enthusiast internally who just decides they're going to do it um and and i have advised people completely free of charge on how to do that and i'm happy for them to do that because i just i believe it's good to promote the, the the whole idea of the medium um but yeah but i also think it helps if you if you if you do engage somebody who has, has some experience in the in in the in the field, people always like to see these things, you know, in real life, three dimensions, and, and, and examples are always great for that. Any examples that, that that you can recall from your career as a podcast producer where you've seen it used really well and it's it's been really effective?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I guess recently working with a team at Audare, uh, they create a podcast for Octopus Energy. So. Greg Jackson at Octopus Energy wanted to find a channel where he could convey his and his team's passion for cheaper, greener energy. Uh, And then he decided that a podcast was a good way to do that because he could communicate with his employees and share that passion with them but also that could be shared externally so his partners could listen his stakeholders could listen might even influence people in government who knows Uh, people who may be considering where they want to work might listen to it so it might be a way for him to recruit talent so so that using audio as a way to share passion about a topical subject that's worked really well for them um, and you know it's been great to see that, and there are lots of obviously you know client podcasts um, we work on where it works really well in in the context of that person's industry or you know for the people that they're they're connecting with. And I've got another great one in mind that I'll I'll share with you a bit later hopefully, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, and and you know what uh, I've worked with lots of um, as you know back when I was making be a bigger fish, I worked with lots of entrepreneurs who set up podcasts to showcase their thought leadership capabilities and to kind of, you know, share their insight and their expertise. And I know a lot of those podcasts have been deeply helpful to people who felt Mm -hmm. lonely in their profession. You know, they've suddenly got the voice of somebody who's helping them. So internal communications is a great example of that. You tend to have one or a few people working in that area inside a huge organization so you feel a little bit marginalized inside your own company and when you suddenly hear the voice of somebody outside who's giving you direct advice about what you're trying to achieve that's really powerful you get a great sense of connection with that person because they're they're literally throwing you a lifeline you know through this secret channel that you've got you can plug into so those those kinds of you know share share my advice, share my thought leadership, share my kind of credibility with you, actually do work very well in terms of those being um, a source of inspiration and a source of comfort and a source of community to people who otherwise may have felt a a bit more alone. Um, So, yeah, yeah. it's been really powerful.
1: I I completely get that. I mean, and I do think that is one of the the particular, it's not unique, but I think it's a particular strength of of audio only podcasting is is that you put the leader in the message so yes. you actually hear the person and you and you as you say connect with them as an individual as a human being and i think that that uh, that's really valuable really valuable um so yeah absolutely okay um the octopus energy one. You said that that's yeah. that's public facing as well. So could I would I be able to include a link so people could maybe listen to yes uh, yeah, to that? Absolutely. Right. Yeah, because that sounded like a terrific example. And 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 uh, and, and uh, kudos to the, that was the CEO that 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 Tony mm-hmm. wanted to do. That was it. Kudos to him that he recognised that that was something he wanted to do. That his passion would be would be a factor, and it's not just sort of you know purely data driven.
0: Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, yeah and that, it's that emotional impetus, isn't it? I think that, that carries so well in audio.
1: Yeah, um, I'm very conscious of the time, so uh, we're ne- we, we, we're nearly we're nearly through here. But uh, one question I'm asking everybody. Um, which I think is, is, is really important. You know, if we're all audiophiles, then I'm assuming that we've all got examples of where audio has particularly affected us. And so the question I'm asking is, can you give us an example of a podcast episode that you listened to that really impacted you? So It's not necessarily your favorite episode, or whatever, but it's one that you was memorably impactful because it, and, 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 you know what I'm obviously looking for here is illustrations of how powerful audio can be and how it can connect with people and it could be any platform we're not just talking about internal comms stuff, it could be anywhere. <sighs>
0: Yeah, okay. I I spend most of my life in conversation with people saying, oh, I was listening to this podcast the other day and and then come out with, with some soundbite. I think the podcast, the podcast that inspired me when I first started really making podcast content were by Dan Taberski. Um, who's a journalist and a podcaster and he's made a number of different series and whenever his series come out I always listen to them but it was a series he made that I listened to very early on that really switched me on to how powerful podcasting can be for telling a story and unpacking a story from different angles Um, and a series that came out more recently that was really impactful. is is nine twelve, and it's about the sort of aftermath of of nine eleven. So you know everybody can remember where they were on nine eleven, or, or or can they? Um, but how much have you thought about that now, and how much have you considered how that's impacted society and and all of the events that have happened since then? You know how much of an influence has that had, and and. Uh, So Dan, he opens the whole series by taking the perspective of a group of people who were on a historic ship at the time it happened and actually didn't know it had happened. So it's almost unthinkable that people didn't know it had happened, you know, and and so he finds different routes in to examine something that you thought you already knew and understood. Um, And they're kind of deeply human roots into that subject as well. So you're you're learning facts and information, but you're learning it through the stories and the eyes of different people um, from completely different perspectives um, on, on that event. Um, yeah, and I f- just find the way he does that really compelling, and his own humanity is obvious in the way he presents these podcasts as well. So, if you know if you are a podcaster or you are thinking about how podcasting can be powerful, listen to a Dan Taborski podcast, and and I'll I'll share you a link for for nine twelve. I think that's a particularly good one.
1: Brilliant, um, well, great. I'll put only put that in the in in the in the show notes. That sounds like a really good one.
0: Yeah, um, thanks. Yeah, and and I've, I,
1: heard of, I've heard of him before. Yeah. Oh, great.
0: okay. Oh, look at Dan. He I, I had. There haven't been many very recently, but whenever the Dan Taberski podcast series come out, comes out, my son and I swap notes on it because we're both a massive fan of the stuff that mm. he does. And he does win awards. It's, um, you know, it's, it's relatively well-known stuff. It's not that niche, but yeah, it's really, really good mm. stuff. Um, mm. but, all, but recently, I think um, I'm actually in the process of making a podcast series with a client and the podcast series is called Looking Forward. Um, it's about the future of work and the future of workplaces, which is like a dream podcast for me to make, because it kind of aligns with a lot of the stuff I've been interested in as an internal communicator, and I was previously in learning and development. So it kind of combines all of those sort of people issues around working and what the future of work really looks like. And we had quite a high profile guest last week, who I won't tell you who it is, because the episode hasn't dropped. But when it does drop, I will tell you, but it was one of those moments, you know, when you're making podcast content that's so impactful and good, they kind of, your fingers are tingling, <laughs> wanting to write and tell somebody about it. It was such a good episode. So, um, if, if your episode airs after that episode drops, I will send you a link to that because it was really worth, worth listening to.
1: Right. Wow. That's a nice so. teaser. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you welcome. so much. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we're pretty much at the end now, but I'd like to just pass it back to you before we finish and say, okay, we've got leaders who are they're wondering about it, they're thinking of maybe adding podcasting to their, their armory of communication tools. So what, what would your, your, your final words be to them?
0: Yeah, I guess I think the relationship between leaders and their people is so important to organisational success. It's very hard for people to quantify it, but we all know intuitively how important it is that there's a high degree of trust between leaders and their people. And audio is such a great place to develop that trust. So really think about you, your role, what you're trying to achieve and how you want your people to achieve that with you, and just consider that audio is such a great way to share more about yourself without necessarily talking about yourself so so that works really well more about what you're trying to do in a way that invites people to come along with you and you're much more likely to find that if you're sharing regularly over a podcast channel over an audio channel people will feel the kind of sense of connection with you where they're more likely to to talk back to you and that's so powerful. Having that feedback and having established that kind of sense of dialogue where people will speak to you about their experience and how they can improve things and you know what it's like at the customer side of the business and all of those good things. Um, it's such a powerful way to establish that kind of trust and connection that yeah, I would highly recommend it.
1: Brilliant, thank you. So Debbie West, thank you for coming back onto the show and for conveying your absolute passion in podcasting.
0: Oh, It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. I have really enjoyed the conversation.
1: So good to reconnect with Debbie. She is the consummate communications strategist in my view. While she's a huge fan of podcasting, she's not someone with a hammer who sees all problems as nails. She knows when to use the medium and when a communication need is better met with something else in the toolbox. And since our conversation, the episode of Looking Forward, Conversations About the Future of Work has now dropped, and it features a conversation with Ruth and former U.S. Senator Tom Harkin discussing their work on the Americans with Disabilities Act. It's a really good listen. I'm Paul Gisby of Talking Leaders. Want help getting heard, being understood and building trust? Let's talk. Goodbye you.